What's up, Bolt Bros? Hey, yo. hey. <laughs> how you doing out there in Arizona, brother? We are good. We are good. Oh man, the weather's amazing out here. Well, of course, yeah. it's not as good as LA, but uh, you know, Actually, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, but it's been snowing out here, dude. What? It was yeah. snowing in LA. It literally snowed in LA uh, yesterday. God, are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really weird. Like, yeah, but it was more like towards the mountains. Like, if you live like you were like living like on, on the foot of the mountain area, like you know, like for me in Pasadena, like in Altadena, like uh, is like right near the the mountain, and it literally snowed a little bit. Wow, gotta love yeah. that. Freaking well, wild. We got we got a special guest, Senor Scrappy. You want to introduce yourself and uh, <laughs> where where you hail from, Senor Scrappy? <laughs> That'd be Senior Snappy. Senior Snappy, Snappy, my bad. Senior Snappy, San Diego, California. Oh, very cool. County, to be to be fair to those that are in San Diego, they they don't claim Carlsbad, which is where I actually live, but 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 I claim San Diego. So yeah, um, why not? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think as far as I know, like I mean, Carlsbad is like really part of San Diego. I mean, it's south of LA. It's not part of a. Uh, it's not part of Orange County or anything, right? So like, it's definitely damn right. Yeah, yeah it's not part of Orange County. Yeah, so hey, it may as well be to me. So that's good. That's good. Good to see you uh, guys. Well, yeah, I'm in Pasadena, and uh, Andrew is over there at in Arizona right now. Arizona, um, yes, that's right. Yep. So a place called Queen Creek, little yeah. suburb of Phoenix, that whole area. Yeah. So, uh, Senior Snappy, why don't you tell us a little about your, uh, you know, Rivers Lake Yacht Club, where we find you, and a uh, little bit about uh, what you're doing with your blog and everything. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Rivers Lake Yacht Club, founded to defend Rivers Lake from the Rams, from all the other opposing fans uh, that uh, come to SoFi Stadium uh, week after week, just to remind everybody that it's always been Rivers Lake. It's never been called anything other than Rivers Lake. Um, We've got uh, a great little sports blog with some excellent writers, and uh, it's at uh, riverslake.org. Got some... uh, Got some fun things that we sell too. If you want to represent Rivers Lake or just uh, stick your finger in the eye of uh, the Rams um, when you are around town, so uh, come come pay us a visit. As far as social media goes, I seem to have only figured Twitter out and only barely. Uh, we do have an Instagram and uh, do some stuff on Facebook as well. So, uh, but it's yeah. There you go. I love it. I Thanks love for having it. me today. I'm, yeah, looking and I, uh, our, I'm looking forward to our partnership. We've, we've been talking about how we're going to kind of work together and uh, help grow this fan base together. So I, I know mm-hmm. we're not probably going to talk about it today, but I'm looking forward to doing stuff with you guys. I love your uh, your podcast and your energy. Yeah, awesome. no, we, we like we like with the articles you guys got as well, too. You know, like in, uh, we like the like the writers you got. You know, Dominic's amazing. Uh, you're amazing. Uh, I know like uh, some of the other, the, the fellow out of USC is amazing as well. Um, and, yeah, yeah, and honestly, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, lo- I love the story about how you guys actually uh, manipulated these, like the Google uh, map system to make the lake in front of SoFi Stadium actually Rivers Lake, you know? Yeah. Isn't it great that we manipulated Google instead of Google manipulating us for a change? <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stick it to the man. I love it. I love it. Great. Yeah, it won't be the last one, but it's 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 the big one. You know, just uh, as long as as long as we call it Rivers Lake, that's what it is. You know, it's kind of like an experiment. Originally, I would say it's sort of an experiment in in what reality really is. Because if you think about it, it's a lake, 
And yeah, somebody paid for that lake to be there. And maybe they have an idea of what it should be called. They didn't bother to name it, but that's that's another matter. But um, but is it is it the person that that paid to dig the hole that gets to name a, a geological feature, or is it the community? I think of course, community. I, you know what my opinion is. I think it's the community. So yeah, I think so I too. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and by the way, guys, also remember Rivers Lake Yacht Club is always at the tailgate as well, too, guys. The tailgate yep. never loses. Tailgate's undefeated. A lot of fun. So Amen. I love it. But uh, we can't find you. And uh, we'll definitely keep talking about your podcast as well, too. Because, again, it's one of the things that we want to continue working with you, moving on content, moving forward. So definitely keep us in mind. And, uh, yeah, let's get this partnership going. So, Pablo, good to see you. We got some uh, – we got Robert. Uh, we got a bunch of folks rolling in now. Uh, oh, and – oh, we got Streamlabs also saying some things here as well, too. What's up, Pablo? How we doing? Nice. So – Let's talk a little bit about coaches, guys. I mean, uh, the big reason why we wanted to discuss today was really talking specifically about Brandon Staley and everything that's going on, uh, you know, with our coaching staff specifically. Um, but it's really interesting when you think about, you know, all the changes we've had um, recently. Some good, some bad. I mean, really, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Like, I mean, like it's like – like, like the kind of the title of this episode shows, like Brandon Staley literally went nuclear, man. Like he literally just said, you know what? Everyone's out of here. You know, just like, um, you know, you're Throw <laughs> a, the few, a few, a few, and he's talking to Nick Falcon. You're cool. F you get out of here. You know, straight up like half baked situation over here. <laughs> Throw the bums out is what we used to say. Yeah, and I think I, I I'm thinking about Ronaldo Hill in particular, and I, I just remember what Stephen A was saying, kind of in the middle of the season when our defense was still kind of in the cellar, and he was he, he kept saying, "What are you doing there, Ronaldo?" <laughs> so I think we all saw this coming that Ronaldo was going to be gone. I think him having a lateral or possibly a demotion, really in status, is kind of confusing. Um, I've heard some say that, well, he's just a really good friend, a friend of uh, Vic Fangio. So that's got to be the reason. I, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've moved jobs before. That, that doesn't quite sound right to me. What do you think? Is it because they're such good friends? Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that, I mean, that could be a really good reason right, uh, why um, he went to went there. Because, yeah, they were good, decent friends. Um and you know he's just like, hey, I need a place to place to work. I mean, I think that's exactly why Joe Lombardi went to the Broncos, um, because I mean, clearly, like you know, Sean Payton and him have had like a really, I don't know, like maybe a fifteen-year career, like you know, kind of rapport together. You know, so like, I mean, obviously, I mean, I who I saw that we we all saw this coming that you know Sean Payton's going to get the job at Broncos, and then of course if Lombardi goes, then he's going to go over there to to Denver as well. So. Um, one hundred percent could see, you know, that that there is that kind of rapport there, so that we they are going to, um, you know, have that little friendship, and it's like, yeah, come over here, come come over to my house, you know, let's let's hang out here. What do you think, Andy? Yeah, I think bottom line, it's uh, it's an incestuous business, isn't it, guys? I mean, at the end of the day, all these guys are poaching from other people, right? And it's a big part of it. But think of it from Ronaldo Hill's perspective. I I think bottom line, he wasn't running the plays. Brandon Staley was completely right. At least if he goes there, improves the defense, arguably they have a better defensive staff, right? They had better statistics than us last year, right? But if they go there 
and he shows some good things, you know what? He might have a shot of making a head coaching position. It's a good example. Look at Kellen Moore coming to the Chargers. It's definitely a lateral move for him specifically. But if he can improve our offense and get our offense going the right direction, let's say we even get like ranked top five in the league, which is very doable for our offense. Guess what? He'll probably be in the conversation as a head coaching position moving forward. So I think a lot of lateral moves are strategic. You're just making a move to show that you can do it. You can step in. You can make a team better. And that's what people want to see in head coaching roles. And so, you know, grass is always greener on the other side, but uh, but it's interesting to see, you know. And but but again, there's a lot of changes, and it's interesting how these changes have happened kind of over time, right? And, and so you kind of have to ask yourself this question: was it evaluated, you know, each position group and, and coaching staff evaluated in, in stages? I don't know. It's really interesting to see how some of these things have happened, obviously. Um, you know, that's a, that's a major talking point today. So have, have you ever had a job where no one said you're going to get fired? No one said you're about to get laid off. The company's doing fine, but, yep. but you know, they got an eye on, on at least not, not helping you move up anymore. They yes. just, you know, you're yeah. kind of going to be in a rut Yep. at best. And you're probably yep. going to be looking over your shoulder the whole time. Yep. Probably Ronaldo Hill. Yep. It's a great point. Right. So, and again, I, I think that's a great point because I do think, you know, it was a good move for him. Um, we could look back on and go, well, that's kind of a weird move. But again, at the end of the day, we all knew that Brandon Taylor was calling the plays. So, and it would give an opportunity for him to work with Vic Fangio again. So we'll see what kind of happens. But this is an interesting little, uh, you know, tweet here, uh, kind of showing all the major changes that we've had with this coaching staff. And, and again, um, obviously, uh, you know, Derek Ainsley, it's kind of interesting. I know he's our new defensive coordinator, but it's interesting how he got moved up and it was an internal hire. I was kind of wondering, I, I was reading up on him quite a bit. Apparently he's really considered one of the hotter defensive coordinator uh, up and coming uh, folks and minds um, in the league right now, which I think is really interesting. But I asked myself this question, who are these people rating these coaches and saying, oh, this guy's amazing or this guy's a great coach? Like, like how are they actually rated? But I do think it's it's interesting. You know, are these just the the Troy Aikmans and the uh, Tony Romo's going, oh, yeah, these guys are amazing. And, you know, that they deserve to be you know head coaches. But but it is interesting to see how this plays out. Now, I guess here's my question. Right. Let's say we don't make the playoffs this year. Let's say all these changes happen and we're 20 million over the cap. Does Brandon Staley retain his job? What do we think? That's my question with all these changes. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, DZ actually hit the the nail on the head, I think, um, straight away. Um, that yeah. he straight up has nowhere to hide if this blows up in his face. Good so, point. Yeah. yeah. It's like, hey, you know, he got rid of all those people and ain't no, no one else to blame except for him if the season goes bad. So Yeah, it's true. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I I think that Staley can I think he's got a little Teflon on his skin. I think he might be able to pull it off. I mean, how he pulls it off, it's gonna be tough for us as fans to see it. But you know, there's two ways of managing. There's managing down and there's managing up. And I think Staley's well, doing good. a great job of managing up. Yeah. For sure. He's he's doing a great job with me. I love the guy. I think that over the long term, if we stick with him he will find the right people and he will keep the right people like, like Ficken. I think if he can, if he can keep Ficken, yep. if, if he can keep Ficken, that's going to be hard. If he yeah. can keep Ficken and build on that and find other guys like that, then I'll believe that he's a real leader that really should stay with the team. So that's, that's going to be my, that's going to be my criteria. Regardless of what happens with the season, you know, that's going to be, there's going to be more injuries. There's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be the chiefs. 
there's going to be all kinds of crazy stuff that's going to happen. Okay, we don't make the we don't make the playoffs. Uh, if in that case, it's really going to come down to okay, who wants to stay with him and build this thing? If he if he manages to keep the really good guys with him, I say we keep him. I think that's how he does it. Yeah, yeah, really good point. Uh, and Ficken, I was shocked that Ficken didn't get any head coaching looks. Um, you know, during this offseason, I thought, or at least some sort of upgrade somewhere, right? Because, man, he did such a good job with our special teams. And, you know, and you're right. Like, he completely changed. And think, the thing is, we had three kickers come in. Dicker the kicker only missed two balls all season. Right? One was in the playoffs, which was extremely oh, unfortunate. Those are, those are some <laughs> very important balls, though, you know? <laughs> Dicker's balls were amazing, you know? Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got, he's man, honestly, it's actually funny. Like, um, he's got apparently he's got balls of steel because, um, that when I was watching the, the playoff game, um, there was a guy who actually interviewed him, um, and he said, Yeah, like in, in that interview, he asked him, Is like, hey, so is there any pressure on you when you actually go out there to make these like field goals? And he's like, No, there's no pressure. Like, I, I literally, I don't feel any pressure at all when it comes That's to awesome. going out there and doing that because, you know, like he's, like football comes second to him. Like this, yeah. this is his job, and it, he does what he does. And but then he knows that his family still cares about him. And no matter what happens, he's able to go out there and 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 do his job. So it's like, and that's like, you know, that's a really powerful like thing to think about. Like when it comes to these players, is that like you know? And I'm sure like it's the same thing with across the board. Sure, they get frustrated with, uh, um you know, things that don't go well or whatever, but um, he, he's out there and he's like, yeah, I'm, they're all just doing their job and they're doing the best they can. And yeah, so it's like, it's, it's pretty, pretty awesome to see that. Like I, I, w- I really hope if of all the free agencies that we have our free agents that we have this year, I hope we keep, keep Dicker the kicker. Oh yeah. Okay. yeah he'll, he'll be signed. He won't be, he won't go anywhere. Um, I, again, we are 20 million over the cap guys. We've done a lot of videos on this as well, too. Guys, what do you think? I mean, we've, we've gone back and forth on these videos. We talked about Keenan Allen. We talked about Mike, well, not Mike Williams specifically, but, uh, Mac Bosa. Um, and you know, there's some, there's some decisions that have to be made. One of the ones that I know James keeps bringing up and he's probably gonna do a video on it next week. What do you guys think about us trading off Austin Eckler and freeing up some cap space, right? What if, what if we said, okay, fine, let's, 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 um, trade him off first round pick maybe a second round pick next year, something like that. First and second round pick. We, we free up some cap space. I mean, we have three running backs in the tank right now, but we could go get maybe a defensive end. We can make it another running back, maybe another wide receiver, go a little younger in some of these positions. Sell high, right? And Khalil Mack also was one of those guys that we talked about. He hit Pro Bowl year. I mean, who knows? Maybe we can get a second round pick, maybe a third round pick. You know, who knows? Second and third round pick and free up some cap space. Yeah, uh, yes, exactly. And, and DZ, you're 100%, you know, we need to make the playoffs and we really should make it to the AFC championship game for sure. too. we have that much talent on our team. We just do. So we just got to put it together. And I think Kellen Moore is going to be the big part of that offensive, uh, you know, game plan for us specifically. Um, all right. So, yeah. So what do we got? What are we looking at next year? Think, yeah. So uh, here we go. Why don't we talk about yeah. Joe Dombardi here? So yeah, guys, yeah, this is interesting. Um, you know, so it, I, again, what do you guys think about this? I saw a lot of people talk about Joe Dombardi and I'm like, look, in in a weird way, I understand why he wanted to run the offense the way he did, but I kept thinking to myself, why was this just a conversation on just moving the change? It was never about doing anything explosive. You see the way that the Eagles and the Chiefs play football offensively. They're always moving the ball downfield. They're causing motion. They're 
essentially setting up plays. Joe Lombardi never did that. He was all about just moving the sticks, moving the sticks, moving the sticks. And I understand the concept of just getting the first down and then getting into the end zone, but you're putting a lot of pressure on Justin Herbert to be successful. And that was the biggest problem I had with him. So it is interesting that going to the Broncos, but I, I will say this, this goes to show you, in my opinion, there's something to be said about this. And this is kind of the controversial part of the conversation I want to have here. And what do you guys think in the chat? It's not what you know, it's who you know, right? Ronaldo Hill clearly knew Vic Fangio. Joe Lombardi clearly knows some people on the Broncos side there. And it's like, mm. well, obviously Sean Payton, right? He knows Sean Payton. So that's the whole reason why. And again, what would happen if Sean Payton was hired? We'd probably have Joe Lombardi as our offensive coordinator again, right? And so I just think it's a really weird, interesting conversation point. And quite frankly, I could think of other people that I think should have a head coach or an offensive coordinator role, like maybe Byron Leftwich. I don't know. Has Leftwich even landed anywhere at this point, you know, from Tampa Bay? I just, I don't feel like Lombardi is, is that guy, but clearly it's not what you know, it's who you know. So that's my take on Joe Lombardi getting this job over the Broncos. What are you guys' thoughts? My theory about Lombardi is that he was really focused on fundamentals yeah. and that uh, it's kind of like the Gus Bradley of offense. <laughs> yeah. You know, like he's a guy you bring in and you think <laughs> that things are getting a little too complicated, a little too gimmicky, a little too tricky. People aren't keeping up and that you got the players you have and you need a system that settles them down so that they can just focus on a limited scope of their job. And uh, that's not the team we have. <laughs> <laughs> we have some really smart offensive players that get bored and uh, Lombardi's a boring coach and, yep. you know, maybe in a place where they need to settle everybody down and get them back to the fundamentals. He'll be a good fit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, c I can definitely see it that way. Like, I mean, <clears throat> the uh, out of your Falcon mind guys, they talk about uh, Mariota being a freaking freaking dry bread uh, bologna sandwich you know like that like i think uh i think uh um joe lombardi is the equivalent of that for head coaching you know like you I mean like his his coaching plays are just kind of just awful every single time like it just like he he has like no originality he doesn't make any adjustments towards anything and so like i'm just like mm, yeah, i don't i don't think this is going to be the answer for the broncos either you know like i mean sean payton but maybe it's going to be the situation again, like where, you know, Sean Payton's still the, going to be the offensive play caller, but then Joe Lombardi is going to be making the, or, you know, doing offensive coordinator, like outside of the play calling. Um, but of course, like, you know, he's going to be hanging up in, in that, uh, that booth looking down on everybody, not hanging with the players or anything like that, you know? So like, and he's not going to be able to connect with the players that way and, and not get in their face and not talk to them a little, at least a little bit, you know? So, yeah, right. um, and that's, and that's actually one of the things that I'm really excited about with Kellen Moore for the most part is. Yeah. Kellen Moore is always on the field because he's on the field, you know, because he knows how important that is, like, you know, being a quarterback himself and coming up that way, he's like, yeah, I want to be able to talk to the, the, my, my teammates and then, and all the players and, you know, even from a player's perspective, they wanted to actually have that conversation and stuff and actually get, get perspectives there, you know? So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's going to be an interesting uh, situation there in, at, in Denver. I think that they, they're probably going to be a bust this year because of Lombardi and like Sean Payton coming in there just for at least for one more year. Um, but uh, potentially 2024 season should be 
a, a much different story, I would say. Yeah. Well, and, and again, um, again, talk about the offense. Let's talk about what really matters. I think Kellen Moore is the guy that really matters. And if you look at a lot of what he did um, for the Cowboys, he was very inventive. And the thing that I like the most is that he did not run. Lombardi had formations that you knew we were running the ball out of. We just right. knew it. That's a running, that's a running formation. But with Kellen Moore, he runs and passes out of all the same formations. It does not matter. So he'll he'll it'll look like a run, but he'll pass out of it. So he kept the he kept the defense a little bit on their toes. And I think that's really what made them successful. And if you look at the best offenses out there, the Chiefs, the Eagles, and by the way, the Eagles got gutted. That whole team, man, they are they are coaches all over the place now. And it's 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 such an interesting league in the NFL because they're such we're such copycat leagues, anyways. But Kellen Moore does a very good job of keeping things interesting, much like the, uh, like the, obviously the chiefs and really even like the Eagles offense. And I, I'm really excited to see what he can do. Oh, and out of your Falcon mind. Good to see you guys as well too. Uh, <laughs> but what are you guys thoughts about Kellen Moore? I mean, and, and I know this article specifically, we'll talk a little bit more about this, but they talk about some people that we could potentially steal Schultz being one of them, you know, could be an interesting person that we could grab and a few other folks, you know, but, but I do think it's really interesting to see, you know, who we may be able to pick apart from the Cowboys. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on Kellen Moore as far as that uh, is concerned with uh, picking apart some of these folks from the Cowboys? Kellen Moore. So I've got a relationship with Kellen Moore, not a personal relationship, but I've got a personal attachment to him. Uh, originally <laughs> from, I'm originally from the Northwest and he's, oh. he's a legend in the Northwest. Yes. So I don't know yeah. if, if a lot of your fans know this, but but the Chargers and, and Oregon teams in particular have a lot of connectivity. I mean, not just yeah. her, but Dan Fouts and, and other players in the past. And and our organizations, uh, particularly the Ducks, but but other Oregon teams uh, and the Chargers, there's a real strong relationship there. So uh, Kellen Moore coming from Boise State yep. made one of the greatest runs in my lifetime in college football. And I'm not a big college football guy, but everybody was riveted when big he was quarterback at Boise State. So everybody yep. loved that guy. Uh, everybody knew that that he was the reason that everything was was suddenly working, and they were way outperforming. Um, and and he's he's really a, a legend from that point of view. Uh, as far as um, just kind of on a macro level, with his fit with the Chargers or what bringing him in might mean, I actually have to say I really like the fact that he's young. Yep, that's probably my that's probably his top asset as far as I'm concerned, and it's and it's Staley's top asset because. Uh, you see that mental flexibility to find what's going to work that some of the older coaches often have a hard time doing. I mean, it's, there's a rare guy like, like Andy Reed that, that has the kind of mind that will not keep riding a horse that's broken down, that will find a new way. Most of the time, it's just something that comes with age. You ossify, you, you, you lose some of that mental flexibility, but I think having a young coach, that's already had some success, but is coming. And what the words that he's saying, he's coming with an open mind to find the things that work. Um, that's, that's what we really need. That was the problem with Lombardi. He was hundred percent too awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. What do you think there, Kyle? Um, I'm, I'm excited to see some finger gun action out there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but like, honestly, like, look, you've seen, we've all seen what, uh, Kellen Moore has done with Dak Prescott, um, Dak with, with Dak Prescott's rookie year, and all the years that he actually had when he was um, actually fully healthy, like and didn't get injured. Um, Dak Prescott did pretty well; like he was over four thousand yards, uh, you know, passing. 
And I think he was uh, both those times he was over 30 touchdowns um, a season. Um, and so it's going to be, and now, now he's got Justin Herbert to freaking like, you know, at the, at quarterback. Oh my gosh, guys. I, I'm really excited to see what Kellen Moore does with him, you know, cause like coming, coming from a guy who was a quarterback for many years uh, with the lions and the Cowboys and then a quarterback coach and now an offensive mind. Like, I feel like, you know, and especially by having all that experience under the Cowboys and how the Cowboys organization works and like what their kind of system is like to put that in with that experience now and put that in like to load up freaking Justin Herbert in that kind of mindset, dude, the sky's the limit now. Like I'm, I'm so freaking jazzed for this thing. Like I, I think, I think I'm going to make a bold prediction right now. We're going to see 40 touchdowns uh, from Justin Herbert next year. Wow. 40 touchdowns. And uh, I'm saying, I'm going to say close to 5,000 yards. It's going to be a freaking record breaking year here. Yeah. And one of the things that he did discuss, he does want to do the 50, 50 run pass. uh, And and I think it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Now I I do think also um, again, one of the people that, you know, in this article specifically that he's trying to uh, we're trying to, you know, take away would be yeah. uh, their boy Dalton Schultz, another tight end. You, you got to wonder, uh, you know, what would be interesting to see what would happen with him, right? Because again, I think the Chargers are needing a better tight end. Now, again, don't get me wrong, Everett did a great job, but I think he's going to get paid, what, $7 million next year? Right. So that's quite a bit of money. Is he worth $7 million? Eh, I don't know. I mean, when we talk about the salary cap issue, we can let Filer and Everett go alone and we're almost where we need to be as mm-hmm. far as salary cap is concerned. Um, and well, then, you know, again, if, we have to sign if, a if we, if, well, if we have to get Dalton Schultz and he's wanting 7 million, I think, I think that's exact same how much that Everett's going to get this year. <laughs> exactly so it's like, right. uh, so, yeah. so do we, do we want to switch it up? Right. You know, who yeah. knows? So they, that'd be interesting. they are saying that tight end is pretty deep in this draft. Now I, I, yes. I don't know the details on that, but yep. that's got to play, that's got to play a factor if that's true. Yeah. Well, and, and again, I, and again, I, I think that that's, that's where the argument is to be made, right? Well, in my opinion, I still think the tight end is probably the first person we should draft in this, any, in this draft, no matter what, because they not only help us in the run game, but they also help us in the pass game and the blocking game to keep our guy upright. And if you see how many tight ends, um, Kellen Moore ran last year with the, um, with the Cowboys, I think he had three tight ends on the field a few times, right? So he went super jumbo sets, and it was good for him because those were also people that he could throw the ball to as well, right? And so um, it gave a lot of options and flexibility to Dak Prescott, right? Make Dak look good. And we all know Dak isn't the best quarterback in the league, but he's decent enough, right? But but anyways, so I think it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. I mean, I'm excited to see – look, and I've said this so many times, and again, what are your thoughts on this? Um, you know, I think this is really Telesco's big opportunity to show that he is worth keeping as our GM, right? Because we're 20 million over the cap. He's got to wheel and deal and make some, and make some, some things happen, right? Get under the cap before June 1st, but secondarily get ourselves in a position to have the right people to be successful next season, right? That's a conversation with Brandon Staley and his team, but really Tom Telesco has got to make the month, the, the numbers work. And we all know the Spanoses don't like spending money. They sure as heck don't want to be 20 million in the cap, right? So I don't know. I think the person that has the most pressure on our team right now is definitely going to be Tom Telesco. 10 years, man. 10 years. And he's gotten one playoff win. Is that right? I think it's I think it's one, maybe two playoff wins in 10 years. Pretty bad. Yeah, I think so. so yeah. Yeah. So, you know, again, I think that's that's really where it goes. So 
Senor and uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on that as far as Tom Telesco is concerned? I got I got to pick on something else you just said. You think you really think Spanos doesn't like spending money? <laughs> well, he did last year. He yeah. did last year yeah, for sure. I think he proved us all wrong last year. He I, did for sure, and I, and I, I think that's why we were so excited because he was like, "Wow, he's actually spending money. He's actually doing something, which is awesome." And he's also been very, you know, uh, involved in the team, right? That alone is a good thing from Brandon Staley. So. I think he's got an anchor around his neck, which is that sister of his that is ruining our team, except that we're still finding a way. So, yeah, I I, I think uh, the Spanos get Spanos just get uh, get kind of a bad rap, and even if they are cheap, I'm kind of cheap too, and I kind of I like that. Yep. Um, but uh, I think the question is, did did, did Spanos see the all in? Spending spree of last year, did Telesco, but did Spanos see it as a mistake? Because if he see, didn't see it as a mistake, I think he doubles down. I hope he does. I hope oh, he does. Great. Yeah. Well, you know, th- there's a scene that that uh, Kyle and our sister always says from the mask. Got to have some green to make a scene, right? Yeah. In any sport, in any sport, you got to spend money. Like, look at the Padres right now. They are blowing money left and right. We just signed uh, Machado. For what, three hundred ninety-nine million or th- almost four hundred million? Three hundred fifty, eleven uh, million, uh, eleven-year deal. Oh my gosh, he's still, acting, he's still acting like he's not committed. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> crazy. Like, what are you talking about? But but again, in order to compete, you have to be the team with with a high salary. You just you have to you got it. You got to spend money. If you're not you're not going to do that, you're not going to win. So, you know, it's unfortunate to say that. Yeah, you can get you can get lucky at certain times, but. You know, it'd be really interesting to see how this plays out. So, Kyle, what, what are your thoughts on that as well? Um, yeah. So, you you all know how like I, I rip on Tom Telesco, like like nobody <laughs> nobody else's business. You know, like, so, like you, you really don't like him. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I'm just not a fan of like his uh, discount Tom situation, like idea. Coupon you know, like Tom. I mean, the, yeah, <laughs> the biggest coupon Tom. Yeah, like whatever you want to call coupon, him. You know, like, coupon he, Tom. Yeah, he he's straight up like he's he's gonna go into the bargain bins and find some like you know maybe thirty uh, five year old uh, wide receivers that used to be fast, but he he might actually try and get Randy Moss back on, out of retirement or something like that. You know, pay, pay him a hundred thousand. OBJ, in, in OBJ. Yeah, dude. I'm like, dude, this guy like he, he's I don't know. Like, I feel like see, and, and there's another thing too. Like when it comes to um, Tom Telesco as well, is that like I. I shared it with uh, my brothers earlier this week is that apparently in the 10 years that he's been, I don't know if it was all 10 years, but like he's only re-signed or given two players or like, no, it was like, it was like five players, like second contracts. It was a uh, joy Bosa, Keenan Allen, um, Austin Eckler. Um, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure of the other two. Oh yeah. Mike Williams. And, yep. and Oh, and Duran James. Yeah. Those are the only ones that come to mind recently that he's given second year contracts. And so um, that begs to begs to understand, like, you know, there's some news coming out now. There's a lot of speculation that that we're not going to see a fifth year option for Kenneth Murray. Um, And then also Drew Tranquil is probably not going to get that situation as well, because let's face it, you know, he doesn't he doesn't do that. Like, and it's like it's terrible, like because. Like, you know, we, we're not going to have consistency in these players and like people they're going to want. Yeah, it's great that we they're going to start here, but they're going to end up somewhere else like the Eagles and make it to the Super Bowl. Kind of just like a freaking Kaiser White did, you know, so. Well, but you have to remember, too, though, also, um, 
in, in that situation, we now spend a ton of money. Now it'll be interesting right. to see how it plays out this year. Right. Cause, cause again, they're going to have to play the numbers, right? We're going to have to have some salary cap left over for the people we draft and what right. we're going to be drafting. And so that's going to be really interesting to see. I mean, again, I do think Filer and Everett are probably gone for sure. Yeah. But you got to wonder, there's going to be one or two more people that are going to be lost as well too. And I mm-hmm. think uh, you're right. I think we might lose tranquil. Whew. I mean, it's it's going to be a spicy offseason, right? And I think I think that's an interesting discussion. I know it's a discussion people don't want to hear, right? Because hey, I got I got a Bosa jersey, I you know I want to go get right. a Khalil Mack jersey and all that, and you know, we don't want to see those guys go. But it's also a business, right? You know, business has got to make money, and that's just a big part of the conversation, right? So, um, one other person that we do want to talk about as well too is um, our head athletic trainer. We yeah. obviously let him go as well, too. This is an interesting one, guys. I, I thought this was a bit of an under-the-radar type of, of cutting ties with. But, again, Damon Mitchell, all the injuries we had, he became kind of the fall guy for all the injuries we've had for such a long time. now. And I remember reading an interesting article about this, I think about a month ago, and they started talking about how all these athletic trainers are getting fired because of injuries. And it's like and, – and basically the article ultimately said, well, there's, there's only so much an athletic trainer can do to really keep these guys healthy because they're still out there playing a very violent sport anyways. But the argument could be made that maybe they're not stretching properly. Maybe the stretching regimen's not correct. Maybe they're not cooling down properly. Maybe they're not warming up properly. That's, that's sort of the argument, but it is interesting to see. And I don't believe we've hired anybody yet as an athletic trainer. I wouldn't be surprised if it was just someone internally we brought up, but I just wanted to talk about this briefly before we move on to some of the final topics um, and move forward. So what are you guys' thoughts on us leaving parting ways with Damon Mitchell? Um, senior, what's your thoughts first? And then maybe we'll go to Kyle. Yeah. This reminds me of when we got rid of, uh, rid of, uh, Dr. Chow. <laughs> yeah. I remember, I remember, Dr. Chow. I remember Dr. Chow. that's right. That's right. There, yeah. There was, there was a while when we just were like, we, all of our injury problems, we, we just needed a scapegoat, you know, yeah. so the, yeah. the doctor ended up being the guy. And, and, and fortunately for us, you know, his replacement punctured, uh, Tyrod Taylor's lungs and put us on yep. this, this course to victory. Um, but uh, head athletic trainer, yeah, this is kind of like a Lombardi thing where um, athletic training is an evolving science. It's it something that uh, you got to be competitive in, uh, in professional sports. It, it is a game within a game, and it's easy to overlook it. And I think one of the things that I heard that resonated with me is that um, is that uh, Eckler rarely gets hurt, or he never misses significant time. Yeah. Uh, he's got his own trainers and he does kind of his own thing. He's not yep. with core program as yep. far as his strength and conditioning. And so, yeah, it's, it's probably time to find someone with some new ideas um, that understands that uh, it's not just a cush job that you can just kind of keep doing the same old thing all the time. Now, as far as warming up and cooling down and that whole thing, uh, we saw that that Staley brought in kind of a new system when it came to um, player management in terms of, of time and intensity and as well as um, preconditioning and, and things like that. And um, that, that seemed to be a good thing the first year. And then it seemed to not make a difference this next year. But I don't know if, if you guys, when you go to the games, if you notice how the other teams warm up, the Chargers have been warming up very differently the last two years than any other team that comes on the field. So it'd be interesting to see if, if we start doing kind of the same stuff everybody else is doing with whoever comes in or, or even go farther afield and do something even crazier. I remember um, Ichiro Suzuki. Uh, you guys remember him in baseball. It's obviously a different sport, but he never lifted weights. 
he always did the kind of these like Pilates machines where they were kind of just like, it was more of just sort of like a functional type of more of a stretching rather than a weightlifting type of thing. Cause the argument mm-hmm. is to be made that if you're getting more bulky, you're also more, I don't want to say fragile, but you're less flexible. Right. So when you get hit, it can affect you more because you have more muscle mass and that's kind of the problem. The other person I was thinking about too is LT. LT was always healthy. Remember, LT was always healthy and he was always taking hits, but he never took that major shot. He always kind of would fall to the ground, lean forward or whatever. He was always good at kind of avoiding that big hit. And I think a lot of um, Austin Eckler is very good at that as well too. I think he's pretty good at that for, for the most part. But I guess my point in saying this is maybe we should go into more of a stretching type of regimen. Yes, people are lifting weights, obviously, but really doing more stretching, more recovery time and, and dealing with things. Now I, you know, so, so it's, it's really an interesting discussion um, to talk about. And guys, what do you guys think in the chat, right? You know, uh, what do you think about this and us making this big move? Kyle, what's your thoughts at this point as well, too? We can go to the next uh, topic. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, the signs were pretty early that we were going to hit by the injury bug last year. Yeah. Um, uh, when uh, Parham went down with that hamstring injury, like, oh my God, yeah, like yeah. At, at training camp, I, we, I was there when it happened. I was like, well, uh, there it is. I was like, <laughs> here it goes. <laughs> here it goes. All right. Uh, see how many players are going to get injured this year. So, um, but you know, I mean, I guess the, the one good thing that did come out of this, um, you know uh, what's what's his name? Um, the the athletic trainer guy uh, is that maybe it was planned that he actually punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung oh, on that injection. Oh, Chow. Yeah, yeah, Doctor Chow. Yeah, Chow. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Chow Jr. Because it was replacement yeah. that yep. did it. Right, Correct. right, right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and so like I'm like, wow, like it's. Uh, I think though, because that guy he was on uh, the team since 1999. And he spent six years as the head athletic trainer. Um, and, you know, obviously because of that, you know, he was in charge of the medical. He was in charge of like the physical and the therapy. He was in charge of like the workout regimens and all these different things. And so, so clearly, uh, and then obviously the stretching, it's a big thing. So, so clearly he, uh, there was something that maybe he just, it was just too much for him to handle all one person. Perhaps yeah. he needed to find, some more qualified people to kind of be underneath him to, to be, to do all that stuff. Because if he, maybe he just couldn't figure it out well enough, you know, but um, I don't know, hopefully fingers crossed that the injury bug is is gone. Now that that curse is over. Maybe he was actually salty about the move from San Diego to LA and you and yeah, and then you know, he was one of those, uh, was you you guys call them the salties, right? Or something. Yeah. 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 So yeah, you think he was a, a salty on the inside degree? Yeah. Yeah, wow. exactly. He, he was sabotaging the team the whole time because he was a salty. You heard yeah. it here first, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see how we'll see what what happens with that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and and bottom line, right? It it is interesting to see how that plays out. Well, there's one other topic I know a few people talked about as well, too, quite a bit. And this is the old Jalen Ramsey conversation, right? I know people keep talking about him. Uh, potentially being a landing spot for the Chargers. I have a hard time seeing this being uh, a potential spot uh, during the offseason. I mean, like, how would this work out? Like, what would we do? Tra- trade away J.C. Jackson? I don't know. It just it just seems a little weird. But it's an interesting thing to talk about that, you know, obviously Brandon Staley and Jalen are friends, you know, when he was, you know, especially as the time with the Rams. 
But boy, what would it take to get Jalen Ramsey to the Chargers? I mean, I would love that, but I just have a hard time seeing that go. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on Jalen Ramsey? And in the chat, guys, what do you think about Jalen Ramsey coming to the Chargers as well? What are your guys' thoughts at this point? Who does he replace? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that, a big, that's exactly biggest, it, right? The biggest question right there, yeah. I mean, I, we're, we're stuck with J.C. Jackson for a while, as I understand yep. it. So I, yep. I think if we had 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 signed that guy up to a contract where we could just cut him this year and, and have enough cap left uh, to, to, to make another move, then, 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 okay, we should be talking about this, but I don't see who he replaces that, that makes much sense to me. Um, I, and I, I think the other thing that I want to point out, not, not to take us off of Jalen Ramsey, but I, I was thinking in, in preparation for today, I was, I was thinking, you know, the chiefs, we got to beat the chiefs. Staley knows this. He said this walking in, we got to beat the chiefs. That's our, that's, that's the job. That's job one. Job two, win the division. Job three is uh, go go the distance in the playoffs. Yep. But but job one being the Chiefs, how do we lose to the Chiefs every time? We lose to Kelsey across the line in the middle of the field every time. Is that is that something Jalen Ramsey's going to fix? No, that's got to be a linebacker thing, which is yep. what we think Staley does. He's not into linebackers. Right. It's actually right. the linebacker play that's going to get us to beat the Chiefs. What's interesting too, and then our new new linebacker coach was actually a defensive back coach for the Browns. Drawing a blank on his name all of a sudden here. Um, uh, let me pull. Let me pull up that article. Uh, blah 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 blah. Uh, linebacker coach. Oh, Jeff Howard. Right. Yeah, we, we will let Michael Will like go. And I think the reason why we're going to be doing that is I think we're going to have a little bit more. Of, we want those linebackers to do more, do better in coverage, right? Because they've just done a poor job of that in the past. I mean, K nine just got blown up. He's very good at stopping the run. He should be the Mike linebacker, the one that's really, you know, spying the running back. But, man, he does a bad job in coverage. He, that's just not his game. He's just not that guy. So um, I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But but I, I will say this, too. I do think there's almost no way that's going to happen. I mean, as fans, we can sit back and talk about it. But it is an interesting thing to discuss. But the reality is mm, probably not going to happen. So pretty interesting. I know a lot of people are talking quite a bit about uh, – um, our draft picks as well, too. I know people keep talking about tight ends. Well, it'd be really interesting to see how that plays out as well as far as, uh, you know, the draft is concerned. I mean, my, my biggest opinion is I do think a tight end would be great and we just have a heavier tight end sets and just these big guys. But, man, like it's just, again, going back to injuries, all these problems that we've had, unfortunately, have just made it so difficult. Parham could never stay healthy. You know, we just had all these injuries across the board. It's like, why is go? Why is this going to happen? You know, so mm -hmm. uh, I think it's an interesting conversation. So, yeah, I mean, I'll I'll straight up say is like, yeah, there, there's no way that uh, Jalen Ramsey is going to come to the Chargers. Like, I mean, I would love for it to happen for sure. That'd be amazing. Oh my gosh, just imagine having J.C. Jackson and Jalen Ramsey. Oh my gosh, or all. And wow. then Mike Davis out there as well too. And, I, mean, and Mike, well, Mike I think I think Mike Davis might uh, get let go as well. Um, if that's say if he's if he's on the block or anything like that, you know. I mean, uh, as much as I love him, he's improved so much, um, and I don't want him to go. But I think Asante Samuel Jr. is is doing so good that you know we really don't need both of them there. You know, but of course JC needs to stay healthy too. Like freak, I mean, he looks like he has. Um, you know, been improving quite a bit. I saw on his Instagram, he was like, you know, doing a bunch of like, um, uh, freaking, uh, leg work and stuff. And like his knees are looking good. So we'll see how that shakes out, you know, but, um, like 
where I where, honestly where I see Jalen Ramsey going is the Bears. Like they have what ninety so million. They, they yeah. got so much money, and and he's going to want too. Yeah, Falcons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Falcons too. Yeah, like that'd be amazing. Um, I know, like yeah, out of your Falcon mind, if they're still here in, in the in the chat, man, like dude, that would be a huge help for you guys. That'd be amazing. Um, <clears throat> but um, you, you I don't know, man. Like, and so you, yeah, you everyone guys. everyone is talking about the tight ends in the chat, and so like in a lot of ways, like um like the dz's right though is that like you know there's not a whole lot of reasons for us to draft a tight end the first round um that could be a bit of a wasted pick if we do a, do a first round tight end um i think you know so um and and it, like you like we were saying it's kind of a heavy tight end draft um so there's going to be some studs still available in the second round like sure. maybe even the third round too so snappy what are your thoughts well speaking sorry I keep interrupting you there uh so uh Speaking about cornerbacks, what do you think we're going to do with Callahan? Oh, yeah. I, I think I I want them to sign him again, but I think they're going to let him go. Yeah, I think he's I think he's gone because I, if I remember correctly, it's like four or five million something like mm. that. Yeah, he yeah. he's got it. He's going to get paid quite a bit. I think he'll probably get let go. So bigger loss, KVN, Kyle Van Noy, or Callahan. Because I don't think we keep either one of them. Which which do you think is worse? Uh, KVN, KVN. Yeah. The thing about KVN is is he's he's a very versatile guy. See. Again, th- this is why this conversation to me is interesting because it's a very difficult conversation. I know, I know, fans, we don't want to have this conversation, but KVN was huge. Callahan was huge. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, Tranquil was huge, right? These are all players that we want to keep, but unfortunately, the dollars are going to be really hard for us to make that happen. But again, see, and this is why I think if we make a blockbuster trade, maybe we trade away Eckler or Allen, Allen and Eckler and get some trades, get some draft capital, free up some space, re-sign these guys. It's tough. I mean, look at the Chiefs, right? The Chiefs lost Tyreek Hill. Everyone thought they would suck. Nope, they didn't suck, right? They, they knew what they needed to do to be good with what they have um, on their team. They completely changed the offense around. And it was interesting. I was watching a video about Andy Reid specifically. They're changing their offense the entire season. So they're adding plays over and over again. That one play that they scored twice on in the end zone, they call it corn dog. It's basically where the guy goes in motion, he comes up and then he goes out. And I think Sky Moore, uh, Sky, uh, was it Sky Moore? He, he, he scored a touchdown. I think the other one was, um, draw a blank who the other chief was that scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. But they ran the same exact play twice, but they set it up because they knew that the, the actual Eagles defense ran a very specific set off of motion, right? So, anyways, my point in saying that is you got a good coaching staff, they will do the right things with the right players right and and they'll be successful no matter what you, oh here you we go I didn't about that. nepotism it, you, your your fans seem to want to talk about nepotism in the, <laughs> all the time the all the time <laughs> I, I do have a take on that if you uh you don't yeah. mind me uh, I want, oh, yeah absolutely so i don't know about you guys but almost every job i ever got was because i knew somebody and i don't yep. know anybody that we know that didn't get their job from somebody that they know yep. and if you have a family business and you can hack it now we can say he may not be the top front office, you know, director of football operations guy in the league, but he isn't the worst. No, John Spanos is not. And uh, so I think nepotism, yeah, there's a little bit of that. But is there opportunities for people outside the family? Clearly, this is not a situation where the Spanoses are only hiring, you know, their own relatives into the into the job. But let's be honest, let's be real. We all got jobs because we knew somebody. That's yep. just the way the world works, and it has to work that way. Yep. 
Yep. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like what, what you guys, you guys remember that Upwork commercial where that guy's like a, he's like a zombie and he's like, Oh, if I knew about Upwork, I would have, I would have hired people outside of my family. And he's, he's like falling apart and you know, and he's just talking that about it. Awesome. Yeah. And, and so, so that, it just, it just kind of, it just, my mind immediately went to Dean Spanos and, and the Spanos family and all of his, you know, kids on the wall and, and, you know, running our team, but you know, again, bottom line guys, right. It will be interesting to see how it plays out. Cause again, we're, we got a whole new coaching staff here. Right. And that's the interesting thing. I think that's one thing I really have liked about football in general, right. You can't just keep poaching. Right. Yeah. And you know, they're always going to, you can't just sit on your laurels and your, the team flips over all the time because you're always out of money. You can't keep everybody. You got to make some tough decisions and you can pick up players all through the season with your injuries off the waiver wires from people's practice squads, which I think is really interesting as well. I mean, how many people, I think we picked up what three defensive linemen last season because of all the injuries we had. So I just, I just find that so interesting about football is it's really difficult to, to be a dynasty, but then you got people like Andy Reid who've done it a long time. And that staff is just set. They, they, they know the formula. They got Mahomes. They know what to do. Hey, they're on a hot streak, right? It is what it is. And so, you're right. We got to focus on beating the Chiefs because that's the team to beat, you know, 100%. But anyway, so Dean Spanos, got to love that. So let's talk maybe about mock draft a little bit too. I know uh, I know we're getting close to an hour at this point. I know people keep talking about mock drafts. Okay, maybe we should do a little round robin. So Snappy, Kyle, myself. Snappy, who do you think we should draft first in, in our first pick, first round pick? I know we're 21, but what, what do you think we should go for? I, I didn't prepare any any names, so I don't have any names. But but just as a philosophy, I'm I am all offensive line, defensive line, yeah. first round every time. I want us to be that team. We're just starting to become that team. Let's keep that going. I like yeah. that. Um, yeah. So I got a name for you then. Um, I think uh, a lot of times, uh, like I've done a couple mock drafts, of course. You know, like hey, surprise, surprise. Um, the guy that I like that keeps falling to to us as well, as far as offensive line goes, is Anton Harrison out of uh, Oklahoma OU, uh, the Sooners, I believe. Um, they are, you know, he, he's he's a big dude. Um, he's a tackle, and I think that would be to be absolutely perfect for us because you know, like obviously we know we're gonna get rid of Filer, um, yep. and well, at least I think we're gonna get rid of Filer, um, and so if we do, then we need to fill in that left guard situation that could go to Jamari Sawyer. So we have Sawyer and Slater next to each other. And then if we pick draft another tackle and we have them on the right side, Oh, that'd be, then that'd be, that'd be solid, you know? Cause I mean, um, but then again, I mean, I do still like Trey Pickens cause he stepped up in a huge he way for us. He killed, he killed. It, you know, he did, he did so good. Time. And so I don't know if like, if that's a bigger thing, if we're going to keep him, then yeah. We need to get a, another tackle, but if not, I don't know. A Pipkins ain't easy. Pipkins ain't yeah, easy. Pipkins ain't easy, baby. <laughs> well, that's the really the question. That that is really the question: is do we re-sign Pipkins? Because yeah. there's a couple of things to think about. Now he seemed like he was a total warrior. He didn't seem like he was a total warrior. He was injured the whole year. All year he, he played yep. every game. Uh, it was incredible his performance. He sucked all before this year. Everybody knows that he was not a good player. Everybody wanted him gone. This year, he played amazing. Mm-hmm. And what is it? It's a it's a contract year. Yep. We all know how that goes. Yep. Yeah, players always, you know, kind of outperform their history on yep. a contract year. So play the balls off on on those contract years. You know, <laughs> if, if we re-sign him, 
then then that changes what we need to do in the draft. And can we expect good Trey or bad Trey? You know, it's hard to know, you know, what's in a man's heart. Like, is he, did he really turn a corner? Was it a skill thing? Hard to say. Yeah. Well, and uh, th- th- this is an interesting little mock draft here. I, I kind of like it. Um, this one, this one, I, this is the one I looked at. And I need to do a mock draft too as well, Kyle. But I know uh, I know a lot of people talk about this. And th- th- we got, uh, and this one is specifically Luke Musgrave from Oregon State. I'm a big believer of, of a tight end because I do think we need an explosive weapon downfield, right? Um, I like a guy like this. He reminds me a lot of Hunter Henry, right? And I think it's it's pretty solid to see him. Um, and then we got an edge rusher. I don't know that we need an edge rusher. I almost think we need a linebacker at this point, but I, this not, might not be bad, although also because we have Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa getting a lot older at this point. So it could be interesting to see how that plays out. And then we got a wide receiver. So, but again, to your point, um, Snappy, I'm a big believer of having the best offensive line. I also think the first round, first pick, no matter what, is who can start day one for this yeah. team, right? And I just think you get best available, whoever that is, whoever can start day one, get him because that first pick has to be spot on, period. Every every um, conversation I have around Tom Telesco has always starts with how crappy his first uh, picks have been. And I would argue they haven't been terrible. The one that I can think of that is horrible is obviously speed bump. Um, we let him go, right? Um, but, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, yeah, big old speed bump. Uh, old, old, uh, Jerry Tillery, you know, but, but again, you know, you could look back on that all day and, and, and see, you know, where it really goes, but I really do think, you know, a tight end makes a lot of sense to me. So again, um, there's a lot to be said about all that. So that's kind of my take on some of the, the, uh, mock draft conversations. I know those, those conversations are going to be heating up quite a bit. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, sorry. I was going to say, can we look at that, at that screenshot one more time? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I want to talk about that tight end that was up on there. Yeah. Go ahead. I just yeah. Want to yeah. Yeah. He's awesome. Yep. So th- I, I don't know how much this is a thing in professional sports, but it seems like you hear about it a lot. So I told you how there's a strong Oregon connection with the Chargers organization. Yeah, right. So yep. you see this, this is attractive. Now, if it wasn't a tight end from Oregon state, I would say, sure, this is a, this is likely to happen maybe. Um, but here's the thing. So Justin's old tight end is on the team he, uh, for, for a rookie minimum, and that's Hunter Kentmore. Mm-hmm. So yeah, will, will, does, Justin doesn't seem the kind of guy that would try to influence a draft. I think yeah. he is a consummate team player. He's a go-along-to-get-along kind of guy. But I wonder if they would be sensitive to bringing in, you know, the chief rival of, of the Oregon Ducks, the Oregon State Beavers, a tight end without giving Hunter Campmoyer his his chance because he really hasn't seen the field. Mm. Sure, he has not. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a real good point. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess I never re- re- researched it, um, who uh, Campmoyer is, um, but then again, you know, at the same side, um, we already had we had Gabe Neighbors um, at fullback, and who is you know Justin Herbert's guy as well out of Oregon. Um, but he didn't pan out very well. And so they, they let him go in, in favor of uh, Xander Horvath, who's of course, hasn't done a whole lot yet either um, because of the play calling that uh, Joe Lomb- Doe Dumbardi um, had. So um, I don't know. I, I, Dumbardi. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, it, it's possible that um, I, I don't really see Justin Herbert being a type of player who would actually hold a grudge against another player. Like if they're from, 
uh, a rival college though. I mean, they're on the same team now. So like that, it's a whole different story. Sure. Like they'll, there could be a little bit of competitiveness on that. Uh, you know, a beaver, the, uh, you know, catching balls from a duck, you know? So like, eh, we'll see. Um, but I mean, I, I'm starting to come to agree with a lot of the people in the chat here. Actually, it's probably better to draft a tight end in the second round um, as opposed to the first round. Cause before beforehand I, I was uh thinking hardcore like yeah we need a tight end we need someone who's like kelsey or george kittle whatever like that um but the thing is though too is that both of those guys were drafted in the third and fifth rounds so um and so i'm like well i guess we don't really need one in the first round um so it, it really might be a, a better option to get somebody um of of big bigger value that first first round there you know so um but like yeah. as as andy always says you know we always talk about is like like who's gonna who we're gonna pick is more likely gonna be the best available at 21 yeah, yeah. so like so who whatever it's like if there's the the top available player is a, a guard we're gonna get a guard if it's a if it's a, a tackle we're gonna get a tackle if it's a wide receiver we're gonna get you know it's like so or cornerback, maybe maybe cornerback, you know. So, yeah, yeah, and uh, and Tony Reyes made a good point, you know, beat before gazelles. I, you know, look, we need butt and gut. We need to start stopping the run a little bit too, right? Thighs and, and buys, we, baby. Thighs and buys. We didn't we didn't do a whole lot of any of that, right? And I, I think that's where this team really lacked a little bit last year, specifically, right? And again, Brandon Silly always runs light boxes. There, he's never stacking the box with six players. Rarely, yeah. He's he's like, no, let's we're trying to get an interception, and so. You know, it's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out, but I keep seeing people keep talking about left guard, left guard, left guard, tight end, defensive tackle. I'm seeing I'm seeing the big fat guys, right? Just like Snappy keeps saying, right? I think that's kind of what we need to do. And look, hey, we, we got to keep Justin Herbert upright. We all know what the, the man can do when the ball is in his hands, right? He can do a great job. And so I'm not a big believer in – I think we have enough offensive weapons. They just got to stay healthy, right? But secondarily – give Justin Herbert enough time and, and things will be fine. So, uh, but yes, th- and this, this is a good point too. A- again, Zay flowers, everyone wants him, right. That that's a guy that I keep seeing a lot of people want. And then also B. John Robinson, that running back. Mm-hmm. But again, think, think of it this way, trade away Austin Eckler, maybe get a first round pick for him. You'll have two first round picks and free up some cap space and get rid of some of the other folks that we have as well too. Life is good. And you know, who knows, maybe we get it. Maybe then we get B. John Robinson. He would be solid. So yeah, Interesting thing to think about what's going to happen with some of these players. I mean, I, these are all the conversations that I promise you are happening right now. As far as they go, you know, who knows? So um, we'll see where we're at. But any other questions on the chat here? I'm not seeing a whole lot of questions today. A lot of people just making comments, which is kind of where we are in, in the uh, the uh, yeah. off season at this point. Everyone just got some opinions, right? And, and we're just throwing some thoughts out there. What were you yeah. going to say, Kyle? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, I, I don't really see. Oh. Um, I guess DZ did. We had this question. Um, yeah, I don't know if we ever uh popped this one out. At what point does the carousel of coaches and coordinators cripple the team? These hires need to work out, you know. Yeah. I, we didn't really talk too much about that one, you know, but um, and that's just it. Like, you know, like, like I remember years ago, um, that LT was actually talking in an interview after like you know, he retired and stuff like that, you know, that um. Um, the, the move to fire Marty Schottenheimer really crippled the team quite a bit, yeah. you know, cause like, 
they 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 were building something and it takes a while for these players to build something with a with a coach you know like and it's not like it's not just like okay like a freaking like a battery you know you take one battery out put another one in and it's like you got full power again you know it's it's literally like it's momentum it's momentum it's like rapport it's you know it's it's getting to know these players you know like you gotta like let them develop you know so it's like and that's what a lot of and the truth is too is like i mean maybe tony can say something in the comments about this is that like um this fan base is very volatile and like we're very reactive um, yes. you know, it's like, and that's why we always call it kid Twitter and stuff like that, you know, it's because they're just Twitter. super impatient, you know, they're just like, look, I want to be successful now. And like, well, look, like it, it takes a minute, you know, like, I mean, sure. Like there are some like outliers of, of situations like the Eagles where, um, Steichen and, uh, well, the, the, the head coach, whatever, like they're very new and they made it to the Super Bowl, you know, like, I mean, but they also had like a, an amazing team built and they had an amazing draft and like they had all that stuff going for them and that, yep. that, that Eagles ownership wanted to win. But I think, I think to, to my, my, my last thought on this is that like the problem is, is constantly hiring new coaches is kind of a desperate move. It's a last ditch effort in a lot of ways, you know, like, yep. so, I'm, but but a lot of ways it still had to happen too. It's like it's like being in a toxic relationship with a with somebody. You know, you you just gotta cut rug and and get out of there. You know, what's your thoughts, are Snappy? Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right about that. Now let's let's think about this. So Staley, first time head coach, he was he is he and and really Tom Telesco were hiring people that were his peers just two years ago. Yeah, right. They were people that would be like kind of the guy sitting next to you in the office, that kind of thing. So it makes sense that he's not going to nail all of those supporting cast characters right away. It's, it's going to take time for him to figure that out. So really, yeah, it's, it's a problem that there's a, there's a carousel of coaches and coordinators. um, But, you know, we're going to see if it gets progressively better. We're really going to, we're going to have to give Staley his props. If it doesn't work out, then we know that this was this is probably likely the problem. Yeah. But but if he pulls it out, hey, I'm open to it. Yeah, and I and I think and I think you're right, right? Um, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, right? I mean, Patriots. I mean, think of how many how many coaching roles Bill Belichick had before, you know, he went on that hot streak with the Patriots, right? Look look at what Andy Reid's doing, you know, uh, at the Chiefs now. Of course, he's got the right you know quarterback. Uh, in Patrick Mahomes, and he's built a great offense around Patrick Mahomes, right? So, uh, look, I think I think as a fan base, we get frustrated when we start seeing these musical chairs. But unfortunately, that's kind of what it is. That's part of the NFL, right? You're a team that's successful. You went to the playoffs. People know you. You're going to be wanting to be put in some other teams, you know, and potentially move up in your career, right? And that's exactly why Ronaldo Hill, you know, went with Vic Fangio and these other things. So, but again. The thing that I think is great about Brandon Staley, the thing I like the most about Brandon Staley as our head coach is he brought a good culture. That is something that needs to be built off of, right? And a good mm-hmm. winning attitude. Yeah. And, I, and I feel like that was a big part of what we struggled with. But the argument could be made he had the wrong position coaches. Joe, Joe Lombardi, potentially the linebacker coach that we let go, potentially the strength and conditioning coach, right, as we discussed. So so I think I think – but that's also tough. And I remember having a one last thought on this. When a coaching staff comes in 
that's a lot of people they have to hire and they can't get their first, second, third choices in most cases. Joe Lombardi was his fourth choice for offensive coordinator guys fourth choice. So, and, and you can also tell that Brandon Tilly doesn't really want to let people go. You know, he should have let Joe Lombardi go at the bye week maybe install Shane day or somebody else, but he didn't right. He, he wanted to stick with his coaching staff. So again, it will be interesting to see how it plays out, but you're right. It does cause some confusion, but as long as they stick within the boundaries of what the head coach is talking about, it's all going to be good. And Moda, this is a really good point. Kellen Moore is the key. In my opinion, I agree. I think our defense will be better next year if we can stay healthy, but if we can score more points and be more productive, then even just marrying the run in the pass a little bit better, right? Setting up the play action better, not going to be a problem. I think we'll, I think we'll be a much better team next year. So kind of my take on that as well, too. And I know what any other thought, go ahead, go ahead. Kyle. Yeah, one more thing. The, the, the last, the only thing that we needed last year, the only thing that we needed was to get running yards when we really needed them. Yep. We needed like maybe altogether 15 more yards on the season out of the run game. Yep. To, to maybe even be a Super Bowl team. So you just got to beat that, Kellen Moore. Yep. We've got to find a way to get us that yard when we really need it, whether it's Eckler or somebody else. By the way, I loved Boise State offense when they – they were so inventive at Boise State when Kellen Moore was there. What was that play that he ran um, in the bowl game? Was it against Georgia where he he, he faked to throw the ball and then he, he handed it off behind the running back, ran it in the opposite way? I don't remember, I don't remember what they called it. I think they called it the Eiffel Tower. So something of that nature, but they had the weirdest plays and they all worked And in college. You could really get away with a lot of that. I would love to see him do that more here with our offense, a little more trick plays, a little bit more motion stuff. He did that very well, you know, at uh, the Cowboys. So I'm really curious to see what he does that moving forward. Um, yeah. Again, out of your Falcon mind. Great to see you guys as well, too. <laughs> they are the best. Um, well, maybe we should wrap up here at this point. So, um, why don't, uh, why don't I start and then, uh, we'll go to Kyle and then we'll let our, our esteemed guests wrap up and talk more about Rivers Lake Yacht Club and give his final thoughts. Um, and again, thank you so much for, for coming on as well. Uh, senior snappy, um, again, I would say this, um, final thoughts. It is interesting seeing all this changes on the coaching staff. I think they're good changes. I think, Brandon Staley is a good head coach. He now, I think, really has the right people around him to be successful. Um, it will be interesting to see how the defense is, is switched up. I would really hope that Brandon Staley and Ansley, our new defensive coordinator, will sit down and actually do something with the, the folks that we have. I really feel like last season, Brandon Staley still tried to make what worked at the Rams for the Chargers. We have a different type of team, and we have different personnel. I still think he needs to change things up and be a little bit more um, deal with what he has on our team and not what he wants or what he's had in the past with the Rams. Right. I think that's a big part of NFL head coaches. The best NFL head coaches do a good job of, of working with what they have. And I think Brandon Staley last season specifically focused way too much on what he wanted to have, not what he really had. So, so I think it'll be interesting to see what happens on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, I think we'll be fine with Kellen Moore. So I'm excited for that change. So Kyle, we'll go to you, and then uh, we'll, we'll leave the last thoughts with uh, Senior Snappy. Yeah, you know, uh, I was going to say is that I feel like the fact that Brandon Staley did not uh, fire Joe Lombardi at the bye week was probably actually a good move um, because in a lot of ways you, you kind of have to 
like you like we said build consistency and stuff like that you know like and it kind of shows that uh staley does support his guys uh thick and thin um and so like i like to see that um but obviously like and we still made the playoffs let's it's not it's not make it you know it's called i'm not saying it was complete horse crap that he didn't that he didn't do that you know so um and so i think that it was it was still a good move that he did that um but um you know hiring all these new coaches it's it's gonna be a little bit of rough like i i feel like people uh people and like the fans need to understand that you know it's not like i said it's not like taking a battery out and putting a new one in um it, it's not going to be at full power people and things are going to need to be learned again and re adjusted and stuff and you know like and but these players are smart they know the system they know um you know what plays like what to do and they know where what their steps are and stuff and um but what i'm excited to see the most is that apparently because uh, apparently joe lombardi had like a very complex like um play playbook whatever it was a very thick playbook or something um, and I'm excited to see that Kellen Moore might be able to simplify that in a very um, adjustable manner. And so we we'll, we should see some vast improvements right away. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Um, and as far as and as far as uh, free agents and stuff go, like I mean, like we all know that Coupon Tom is is going to make like a, a significantly no moves and some bigger moves and he's going to search around the bargain bin again. Um, I would actually be shocked if he kept um, about 90% of all the, the players that we drafted from last year that I would, I would be flabbergasted if that happened, but that would be huge. That'd be huge news. That'd be a huge change in Tom's uh, MO or, um, you know, for, for the year, but I don't know. Um, and and all the, the free agent things, uh, free agency moves that we make, are going to dictate and give us a, a good insight about what we're going to uh, expect to see in the draft. That's yep. what I think. Snappy, we'll give you the last word. All right, my last, my final thought starts with the question: What is the most successful vertebrate on planet Earth? Vertebrae, uh, rubbernecking. <laughs> <laughs> it's us. It's human beings. Yeah. Human beings are the most successful vertebrate on planet Earth. Because why? Because of our adaptability. That's Brandon Staley. That's Kellen Moore. And it's proving to be Tom Telesco. Uh, Gangster Tommy is killing fools on the team. And uh, that's going to keep going uh, this, this summer. And I'm looking forward to it because we're showing the kind of adaptability that I think it takes to find our way and to get out of doing the same old things that we've always been doing. So I'm, yeah. I'm very bullish on this team. Yeah. Well, I like it. And I, I like your uh, your booze collection behind you as well, too. What do you got? What do you got back there as well? What do you got? Uh, got some good stuff. Yeah, uh, I got some. Uh, that's the top shelf right there. <laughs> Two thousand eight uh, Chargers oh, Legacy. That hey, is solid. That. Did you get that? Yeah, nice Cabernet. It actually uh, <laughs> held up pretty well all these years. Nice. Yeah. So uh, you get to pop that one when we win the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> well, that was from the Norv Turner years that that vintage was. Ooh, so uh, you yeah. know. We could talk about that another time, maybe. Yeah. Uh, this this just came out this year. This is kind of cool. So uh, Crown Royal with hey. the uh, Chargers lightning bolt on, on oh, the bag. Oh, shoot. Yeah. And then uh, this is uh, my infamous uh, Spanos yeah. flask. <laughs> so, 
basically you're saying that spanos makes you drink spanos makes you drink spanos <laughs> makes you drink or we can toast them either way there you go depending on the situation well it's been awesome having you here and again Check out Rivers Lake Yacht Club. Um, we are going to be doing some content uh, creation with these folks here moving forward. So we'll have you back mm -hmm. on for sure. So, again, thank you so much for your time. And, guys, as always, bolt bros, bolt up. Kyle, I'm going to hit the button. I'm going to hit the you button. Gotta, you okay? got it? You got it? Okay, cool. I'll, yeah. hit the button. I'll hit the button this time. <laughs> All right. And uh, as always, guys, bolt up. Bolt up. Don't punt. <laughs> and the bolt bros. Yeah. I just realized I'm I'm wearing like all kinds of merch. I got a Bolt Bros shirt, Bolt Bros the Bolt Bros the sunglasses, Bolt Bros the hat, Let's oh, go. Bolt Bros the vest, the vest. Jeez. All right, guys. Oh my gosh, merchandising, merchandising. Bolt up. <laughs> See you guys in the next one. <laughs>